Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Consensus, a Census Technologies podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. This episode is a part two of a conversation we're having with Derek Murray of Census Technologies. So if you're jumping in and haven't had part one yet, Hit pause, go listen to that episode, and then you'll want to come back and continue some of this great thought leadership. If you're here for part two, you're in luck. We have fantastic thought leadership to share with you. And again, we're speaking with Derek Murray, Senior Client Portfolio Manager at Census Technologies on leadership during the pandemic and beyond. Obviously, when the pandemic hit, uh, general workflows within the office were completely disrupted. Folks went to either remote or hybrid work scenarios. And that put a strain on more traditional leadership styles. If anything, it gave everyone a critical eye for what does work and what doesn't. In our last conversation with Derek, we explored uh, how this leadership shift had impacted census technologies, how census adjusted, and then where it started to apply some changes. So today we're continuing the conversation to explore how leadership and this broader shift should stay connected with individual employees as well as how this can be applied to companies regardless of industry for a long-term leadership strategy. So let's continue our conversation with Derek Murray. Here's the rest of that interview. What I want to do now is hear on some of the dots that you've connected throughout your career and pulling from, for example, um, your Air Force leadership lessons as well as being a leader in the special education space, pulling from those lessons as well into how you can create strategies for communication and team building that work regardless of the landscape, right? Regardless of if you're in person, regardless of if you're communicating through Zoom. I think there are core lessons that are important to take with us as leaders as we move on beyond the pandemic. So uh, let's pull from your specific leadership examples here, right? In what ways have you tried to continue to lead from the trenches, right, within and amongst your teams, uh, especially as the workplace went decentralized and remote? And give us some lessons here that you would connect to things you've learned, again, through your Air Force leadership as well as your special education leadership. Certainly, Daniel. Um, one of the biggest things, I think one of the hot button issues uh, in any organization is conflict management. Um, you know, having conflict is something that's inevitable. Um, you know, we will have conflicts as far as different um, ways of of approaching uh, uh, an issue, uh, a problem, whatever. Um, and one of the things I think that is important in that is making sure that we understand that we have to work together every day. Uh, and so uh, when we realize that, um, you know, it, we focus then on what, how is it that we can communicate together and with each other um, so that we can come up with the best solution, uh, even though there may be differences. And so I think conflict management skills across the board, that's something that I've had to really work in and on um, with making sure that teams of people um, understand the aspect of coming together for the purpose of finding the best solution for whomever it is that uh, needs that solution, be it our client, be it a student, or be it uh, uh, an airman uh, when I was in the military. Um, and those are conversations that uh, sometimes people are afraid to have. 
um, that they're afraid to confront um, issues and things that may be going on. But if we do it in a way that builds people up and does not tear them down, then they're more apt then to be a part of the solution uh, instead of maybe withdrawing or putting up a wall. Um, and then you can come to a, a solution uh, that is helpful for everyone across the board. So um, the, I think those are some of the skills, like I was saying also, um, I've drawn from uh, my education uh, background and also my Air Force background uh, in this time of crisis. Um, I dealt with a lot of students that were in crisis. Um, of course, crisis happens around the world uh, when we're dealing with nations and everything as far as the military is concerned. Uh, so I've been able to draw off of those experiences when it came to this pandemic and uh, make sure one of the things that we taught uh, was to make sure that when you're interacting in the midst of uh, a heightened situation, that you calm yourself first and then interact with someone. Because then when you do that, um, you're then creating a safe environment so that people will feel more apt to come and give uh, some of the issues or some of the, the things that they're, they're feeling. So once I calm myself down and then interact with someone uh, and I'm calm, usually it'll help calm the situation. Uh, so that's one of the things that I've drawn off of as well. Uh, when things have seemed like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? Um, you know, sometimes humor, not laughing at someone, but laughing with them. Uh, lots of different things that we can incorporate and, and put in our, what I say, our tool bag as leaders uh, to make sure that people are feeling supported and feeling like they're a viable part of the company that their voice is being heard, um, and that they feel empowered. Uh, those are some of the biggest aspects uh, that will help lessen conflict uh, and help build people up and build up uh, the corporation and the company. Now, this is something that I try to intersect in a lot of the interviews that I do, but uh, something I hear from basically any industry when we talk about these kinds of uh I guess more esoteric shifts, right? Changing work culture, changing leadership styles, methodologies, things that take a lot of moving parts and a lot of daily commitment to actually make happen and to make sustainable. Uh, the big question is always, what's the right strategy? Where do we start to actually implement these changes and how do we do it in a way that doesn't just feel like, all right, here's a response. We're going to try this initiative out and then it maybe is going to fizzle in a month to three months and then we're going to go back to the old ways, right? What would be your tips and tricks for actually implementing these strategies and identifying where to make some of those cultural changes, some of those leadership strategy changes in ways that actually make them resilient to any other adaptations to come? What are your thoughts? You know, that's a very good question. Um, I think it starts at both ends. I think it starts at the lowest levels and at the highest levels. And as um, things are initiated, it's important to make sure that both high levels and low levels understand um, what is happening and so that then the gap lessens. And because then you've got communication coming up and you've got communication coming down. 
And so once that happens, um, then people as a whole and as a part of an organization will then uh, begin to kind of flow uh, in what the change aspect is or whatever initiative it is that's that's coming forth. And it's more apt then also um, to to stick. Uh, and you won't end up three months later saying, oh, well, that didn't work. Let's let's try something else. Um, I think it's it's something that's uh, certain aspects uh, of leadership are are ongoing things that have to be done daily, uh, weekly, monthly, yearly, uh, so that the organization as a whole, the culture begins to conform to whatever it is that you are trying to institute. Um, so, you know, we have a culture uh, really at census of family. And the way that that has come about is through different things that we have done, uh, such as uh, just through communication, through leisure activities, fun things, um, things like that that help people uh, feel like they are part of, of a, a vibrant, uh, moving, alive organism, uh, not just a sterile company, but something that they can actually um, impart what they feel into it, and it becomes part of the culture. So I think that is something that um, we are working on, something that we've done well, and something that we are currently working on and hopefully will continue to work on in the future. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest aspects, top down and bottom up leadership. It's not always from the top down. It also comes from the bottom up. I always look at everyone as being a leader um, in whatever aspect. You might be leading a project. You might be leading uh, some other initiative, whatever it is. You might be leading uh, within a hospital, um, a certain aspect uh, in the SPD of training. Um, it, I'm not the sole leader. It's my responsibility to build leaders and to build leadership principles in people so that then they can go, whether they are at census or wherever uh, life takes them, they can incorporate those principles and take them with them wherever they go. Hopefully they'll stay at census, of course, but because uh, that's what we want. But um, my job, I feel, is to just prepare people uh, for for life. Uh, for different things. And that's always my, my aspect because I've been in different organizations and different, uh, areas, uh, of, of, of working. Um, it's, it's helped me to, to gain an aspect on building people, uh, people first. That's, that's one of the biggest things that I, that I look at. Uh, because once you build people first, then once they're solid in, in things that, um, their strengths and, and everything, then they can move on into whatever aspect of our company they want to go, go to. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. My last question for you, Derek, and thank you for all of that insight. Uh, I mean, it, it's been really great so far pulling from your learning lessons as a professional in these different careers and understanding how that informs your strategies for today's leadership needs. Now, just to end on the most granular note, uh, 
the, there's a very specific kind of, uh, I think, leadership dynamic that comes from being a leader in a corporate office setting. Uh, and a lot of times, especially when you are in high levels of management, but maybe not the CEO, uh, you are playing with uh, several interested parties that want to feel a response from your leadership, right? You've got potentially even higher leadership above you. You've got shareholders. You've got potentially boards of directors. There's also the employees themselves, of course, and as, uh, as well as the, the broader impact on the local community, which sometimes doesn't get factored in into immediate strategy, but I think is equally as important how you extend beyond your company and how your leadership ends up creating an impact on the uh, communities of people that you live amongst, right? So give me your thoughts on how census maneuvers this balance within its leadership, um, you know, how it approaches making sure that parties feel like leadership is responsive, right? What sort of communication strategies do you use? What sort of touch points do you try to use and to what effect? Yes, that is that is an awesome question. You're right, Daniel, in uh, what you're saying as far as how we um, touch not only just um, our clients, our shareholders, both externally and internally, but the community at large. I think that's a big, big, big aspect of how leadership should function. Um, as you know, in the uh, still processing world and and everything that we do at Census uh, to ensure uh, that uh, safety of patients and everything, that is a big part of the community because the community comes in, they come in for procedures, everything like that. Um, so our software and our people that go in and train uh, the, the sterile processing departments, nurses, um, whomever it is, uh, we make sure that, um, first of all, our, our first thing is patient safety. We want to make sure that patients are safe. And so that is one of the, the biggest aspects that we join together uh, with the sterile processing departments, with the ORs, uh, all of that, so that communication uh, is good between all aspects. And that's what our software does. It helps to communicate between the different entities so that then there is no disruption of service when it comes to patient safety, uh, that patients are safe. Um, so uh, that is, I think, um, communication, uh, and I keep coming back to that, but it really is so key when it comes to making sure that everyone, every stakeholder, everyone involved uh, understands exactly Number one, uh, what is it, uh, what is being communicated and also what is expected from them, uh, from each person within the organization. Uh, and our company, uh, as I said before, we're working towards that even more of making sure that our communication is good, that it's healthy, that every aspect, be it the stakeholders externally, internally, uh, from the CEO, um, all the way flowing down, uh, the organizational chart that everyone has a stake in the, um, benefiting the bottom line of our company and, and every aspect of our company as well. Um, so that is something that I think we are constantly, continuously working towards, making sure our communication is effective, that it's effective on every level to every person, 
uh, within and without uh, the organization. That's critical. A unified strategy. I mean, uh, you know, nothing quite like understanding the decentralization of your impact when your entire work structure is decentralized on the, you know, flip of a dime like it was earlier in 2020. But I think with these learning lessons, we can take a step forward now. And uh, I think in general, you know, leaders, regardless of industry, regardless of company size, should take this inflection point in our, uh, you know, pandemic journey to assess how did we address some of the major challenges and how did we respond under pressure? Where did we drop the ball? Where did we excel? And what can we do to be more intentional moving forward? I think it's really just that clear intentionality and an understanding of the full impact of your leadership as a leader uh, that's really going to carry some thoughtful changes forward. So Derek Murray, thank you so much for your time today. It's really been a pleasure pulling from your background and uh, getting your tips and strategies on how to implement some of these leadership changes in a way that makes them stick. So again, we've been speaking with Derek Murray. He's Senior Client Portfolio Manager at Sense technologies. And Derek, if folks want to find out more about some of your thought leadership on this subject, they want more insights from you, or they just want to learn more about what you're doing at the company, how can they get in touch? How can they learn more? Yes. Um, you can go to census.com. Um, that's our company website. You can also, um, uh, my email address, Derek.Murray at census.com. So you can uh, contact me that way as well. Perfect. Easy enough. All right, Derek, thank you again for your time. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Same to you. And thank you, everyone, for watching another episode of Consensus, a Census Technologies podcast. If you like what you heard and saw today and you want some previous episodes or you want to catch up on other thought leadership from the Census team, make sure you're heading to our website, census.com, again, C-E-N-S-I-S.com, and subscribe to Consensus on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of our podcast.